Pause by MW, we ain't talking about cars. Millennials versus the world, that's the pot. Mike threw it up the kid off of the line. You better tune in, cause you know that we lie. Millennials versus the world is a ride. Born a win and I win in that life. Boys, your opinion, no wrong and no right. So get out yeah. our way, they riding our way. But we do not care as long as you say. Millennials versus the world, Millennials versus the world. Millennials versus the world. Millennials versus the world. What up, what up, what up, man? It's the Millennials vs. the World podcast. It's your boy, K.Mims. OG Meso. Yes, yes. The only spot you get authenticity and entertainment at the same time. So y'all know how active we be on social media, man. So we was throwing a couple topics out there. We was getting real spicy in the, in the, in the uh, stream. You know how we do. And we had this dope soul be about this life straight from the comments. So you know us. We're going to bring it in. Bring her in and see what she got to say. We got a really dope topic for y'all today, man. One that she has become, uh, she is self-proclaimed genius. She's <laughs> nailed this thing. So she's going to give y'all the blueprint on how to do this. So AJ, appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. For, for sure. The first thing I had, the first thing I want to tell you about. So Jasmine Sullivan going on tour. I saw those tickets were a must for you to get. What, make, what makes Jasmine Sullivan a must go to? Um, so I love her as an artist, right? She has range. She has talent. Mm -hmm. um, she definitely has some songs that resonate with me. <laughs> I need to be in the building. And I got those tickets, by the way. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Are you, a, are you a, a long-term fan or are you a new fan? I'm a long-term fan, actually, yeah. Hotels is actually one of her um, her best releases, I would say. But I am definitely a long-term fan. So it's real dope. Is she better than Ari Lennox? Oh, so I love Ari too. Uh, I have to say because of her longevity right now, yes. But I don't know if I would put them in the same category, right? Uh, I think Jasmine's a little more soulful. Ari's a little more Neo. And so you, I don't know if I can put them in the same space, but they're both great. Okay, please. I'm going to Ari. I now have the same, um, the same video talking about y'all better not get these tickets before me when Ari goes on tour. So. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna be real. I like Jasmine Sullivan like radio hits, but her her hotels was probably like the one I was like, yo, she really up. I never Mike is the go hard Jasmine Sullivan. I was like the late. I liked her, but she reeled me all the way in with this last album though. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, was she talking about you? No, 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 not at all. Okay. You you know the pandemic made us sit down because this is the one where she was dropping all those live those live uh shows with this one. Yeah, yeah, and when yeah. she did those, I was just, I just, you know, sometimes you never sit down and just listen to somebody. And when I was like, hmm, so that's yeah, what real me in. Her tiny desk concert was amazing. Oh, yeah, it was dope. It was dope. It was yeah. dope. Uh, but anyway, man, let's get into it. So here we are. You know, y'all know we in 2021, about to be 2022. This thing called parenting, we all came up different ways. I came in a single parent household. My co parenting style that I was brought up with was absolutely terrible. You know, that's what happened. So, uh, Mike, Mike, uh, you want to get into how you came up real quick before we let AJ yeah, say her? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I was raised by my dad, uh, and so I was in a uh, co-parenting situation as well. Um, I think uh, I'll reserve the rest of my story for, I guess, the deep dive into this. But yeah, Sorry. I definitely understand the the flaws and also uh, my my uh, my oldest is my biological child. So I am a, a parent, a co uh in a situation of, you know, of the mix too, yeah. For sure, for sure. So AJ, my question would be to you first, the question I have. What did you believe co-parenting was before your co-parenting situation came up? And did the things you believe it to be work for you or against you while you built that relationship? So I think I'm in a, a kind of a different situation. The short answer of it is yes, the things that I believe did work. Um, okay. So the guy that I called dad and my mom started dating when she was pregnant with me, right? Oh, so wow. it was a completely different situation. They got married when I was five years old, but they were together the whole time. Oh, so wow. um, I would say that I was brought up in a two-parent household because he is my dad, but I also had my actual father in the picture. So it was definitely some co-parenting going on there um, and oh. visiting him. But it did translate and it I think it made me more open to co-parenting being effective and actually working when I had my daughter. 
Dope. What kind of transition do I got her? So, so was it always healthy between, so let me, to, to be respectful, do you refer to both of them as dad or do you, because I want to make sure I respect both positions. Oh, so dad is the one that I was raised with biological, uh-huh. <laughs> the yeah. one that was not there, well, in the household that he was there for me. Oh, there. So what was it, was it always healthy between all three parents, I would say, or was that, some, as far as you remember, was it always healthy or was it something that kind of built up and by the time you were old enough when it matters it was very healthy how was that it wasn't always healthy I think that um I re um established my relationship with my biological once I had my daughter Um, but he he you know he floated in and floated out and I you know he did what he could with what he had so it wasn't always healthy but we made it work the best for what we had going on dope 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 And, and how was that if you don't mind me asking how was that conversation uh, being that your dad was in your life since, you know, obviously before you were born, how was that conversation of when you were younger, realizing that, you know, he may not have been your biological dad, but he was a man in your life. How was that receiving that? Cause you know, a lot of people receive that. And they, some people could become defiant. Some people believe like, Oh my God, why not? But it seemed like, you know, you kind of dealt with kind of well, how was that communicated to you? And how was that coming up knowing that? So I didn't know any different, right? Mm-hmm. So it it was just, the way that my parents presented it to me is it it was just my norm. I think it probably shifted. Um, I was eight years old when they had their first child together, right? So I was spoiled. Let's just call it. <laughs> I was the only grandchild for a while, and I was their um, their only child. So I was pretty much spoiled um, as far as getting everything I wanted. I think the transition happened when I had my sister, and um, you know you see the shift happen, especially because as well as he did it was still my dad's first child when my sister came, right? And so I think it was a transition in him, but he did his best to explain his feelings. We're we're a family that that talks about our feelings, believe it or not. That's good. Yeah, for real, that's dope. Yeah, he he definitely did his best to explain his feelings and and he never made me feel like I was less than because he had a biological child. So I think the transition actually happened pretty good. I think my mom probably it hit her the hardest because you know I had been down through the trenches with her, For sure. in the, and then when she had another child, she didn't want me to feel like anything was lacking on my end, and she did her best um, to make sure that that was the case. But it, it worked out pretty well, surprisingly. Yeah, real, real quick, how was your relationship with your I guess the your paternal side? You know, outside of your your biological father, what about his uh, parents, aunts, uncles? So uh, my grandmother, his his mom was always there. Um, we went shopping every weekend. Um, yeah. She would she would get me as often as she could. And then um, his sister, my aunt, he's the oldest of five. His sister, my aunt, um, she's been in my life the entire time. I, I think that a lot of things that I do in my life right now are because of her hand on my life. I guess I would say. So I'm very, I'm, I'm getting my PhD right now. You know, she's- Go ahead, doctor. Go ahead, doctor. <laughs> she's a little, uh, she's a judge actually in Atlanta. So it was always, she was always like, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, no. um, we're part of the same sorority. And so um, my dedication to that is very strong. And I think a lot of it comes from her. So I had access to his side of the family. Absolutely. Um, even when he wasn't there, they, I still had access to that side of the family. Yeah, but he's so level-headed too. It's like you usually yeah, yeah. people like, like, I guess you know what. Like, if I use my situation, my pops, me and him got cool. I'm 31 now. We got cool probably around 27. We actually didn't start having a functioning relationship till about 29 ish. Uh, and it's a lot of trials and tribulations. Not to say that you didn't have any. I think a lot of times when we hear co-parenting, we don't think positive at all. So to hear you know someone you know especially a young lady come on and be like, yo this is what I've experienced. I got through it and it was cool. This work, that ain't normal, especially in our culture. You know what I'm saying? It's not. You're poised about it and how it happened. So I guess, uh, you know, we can get into how was it when you had your daughter? How was it when you had your daughter? How did it uh, work out to be in a co-parenting? And essentially, what are some of the things you see people try or they're told that's really not reality to make it work? I got you. So what I really want to uh, hone in on and I want to be very transparent about is sure. this took a considerable amount of therapy, right? As Black people, we don't like to go to therapy, but it right. actually, I am here to testify that it helps. Um, and so I got to a great space. Um, even when I found out I was pregnant, um, 
it was the end, it was the demise of our relationship when I found out I was pregnant. And so the amount of therapy that we went to together and that I went to on my own to get to the space that we are, I don't want to downplay that piece of it mm-hmm. because it actually helped us. I think it also helped that um, he got a girlfriend who is now his wife pretty early on. And she was very sympathetic to what was happening in our situation. Um, often, I think I, I give her her flowers because if I, if I can't talk to him, I can call her. Um, if my daughter feels like oh, she can't talk to me, she can talk to her. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it was us coming together as women to say, hey, you know, let's, let's make this thing happen. We have some common ground. Um, my daughter's also his second child. So yeah. he had kind of been through <laughs> the rigmarole of it all. Really so cool. He knew how to play it. Um, Can I ask this question though? Can we backtrack for a second? Always, always, always. How, how, how was it getting all parties to believe in therapy? Like that, I get, we just got like, there's a lot of therapy, but like, how was it? Was it like, we all agree? Was it like mm-hmm. pulling everybody together to actually go yeah. and actually get to help to figure out how to maneuver through this? Oh, I think um. He, he definitely didn't like therapy. He probably went a couple of times with me. Um, but I think once we transitioned and I continued to go to therapy, mm-hmm. I, I think it kind of, it allowed me to approach him in a better space, if that makes sense. Sure. So he was able to receive what I was saying. Um, but I mean, he, he wasn't, he wasn't really here for it, but he also, it was a, it was a very trying time, right? I was freshly pregnant. It was my first child. They're not lying when they say hormones are crazy when you're pregnant. Um, And so it was just mainly getting him into getting him in a space to understand. Like, I know, did y'all watch the Insecure episode where um, Lawrence and uh, one back and forth, let's call it condolences, right? And they had that back and forth. That was you would not believe how many messages I got like, hey girl, did you watch this episode? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very much my life in the beginning. Um, just trying to get to that sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end where he had the conversation, where he sent the text message and said, you know, kind of called her and said, how do we make this work? I think that's the pivotal point that happened in my life, right? It was very parallel to what happened in my life. And so I think we both kind of just woke up one day and decided we weren't going to fight anymore. And it was much easier um, to just kind of make sure that our daughter was okay. And then we'll fill in the blanks as we go along. So, oh, go ahead, Mike. I, go ahead, bro. I, I, was just, I was just saying that I, I just want to applaud you because you are extremely, lie, extremely level-headed. I, I'm just assuming that there was some contention about uh, whether or not therapy was the right path initially. I'm, I'm assuming that you had like some hesitancy at first. But I definitely want to applaud you again. But um, the your, your upbringing, you would say, not prepared you for, but it kind of helped shape your, shape your outlook, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you think you would have had the same approach if you weren't coming from that same type of environment? No, and I, I'll just be fair. You know, as women, we can sometimes, I'm not going to generalize this, but it, uh, we can sometimes be emotional, right? But if you if you take what you had and I, if I take what I had and I apply it to what I, what's going on now, I think my parents, my mom and my dad getting together, let me know that the father of my daughter was not my end all be all. Right. There was there was something else. There was some someone who was more appropriate for me and my lifestyle on the other end of that rainbow. And so I think that was what I held on to. Like uh, the relationship didn't work. I created this loving being um, and that there would be someone else who could fit the mold of what was going on much better. Also, I was older. I didn't have her until I was 30. And so, and this is her. You consider that older? Uh, yeah, I would. Okay. All right. Um, But I mean, it's always, it's always different for everyone. So my mom had me when she was 27, right? So 30 is the new 20 at this point, right? So having her at um, at 30 years old really helped me. I think I was a little older and I was more settled mm-hmm. in what I was doing. And so I was able to transition a little bit better. So so this question, you know, you can answer as, you know, as you see fit or go as- Look, I'm gonna answer everything honestly. So if you ask oh, Okay, it, that's a bet. So what okay. was the dynamics of you and his relationship before? Like, why was it, why were you so easily able to detach and understand that like, we gotta be good parents? 
And that's what it is. Like, so was it, was it bad? Cause you know, a lot of times if we've been real, a lot of relationships on our end in our culture, they mm-hmm. end bad and the relationship right. spills over to the, the co-parenting relationship. So what were the dynamics between you and him before y'all had made the decision to be committed co-parents, no matter what it took? I think that's also a part of my personal therapy, right? So I had prior to doing all of the work that I have done, I had a, um, I guess it would be, I had an issue with attachment, right? So when his response was the way it was, he wasn't ready for another child. And that was just the, that was the end of it. Um, and so when his response was the way it was, I completely detached immediately, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was some work that I had to do to reattach myself because we had to be co-parents and mm-hmm. then navigate through that space. So I think, although it's not the right thing to do, I'm not telling this is not the right thing for everybody, right? But I detached mm-hmm. almost immediately from him because he didn't want to be in a situation of having another child. And I knew I was in the situation of having a child and I had to navigate and make it work. See, see, hey, hey look, AJ, I got, now you making me go deep in the bag right now. I mean, come so, on, come on, come so, on. So, so, so speak about, <laughs> can you speak about like, what is it like when a dude tells you like, I don't want kids and you all are still dating, being adults? Like, what is that thought that goes through your head when you have that moment that you're going at? And I heard you say you detach, but emotionally, that's still, how can I say this? We as adults do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We also, men make statements like, I don't want to have kids, but we don't stop practicing. If you understand what I'm saying. Right, right, right. right. So, so what was that like knowing that he said that? What If he decided not to be a co-parent, would you have felt the way about him not being there? What was that like knowing that you knew he didn't want kids and when it happened, having to deal with either side of it? Because you either dealing with somebody that's not there or somebody that don't want to be there, but have to be. So that was a decision for me, right? So I literally remember having the conversation with my friend. I remember leaving, we, we were in a restaurant. I remember leaving the restaurant and saying, he doesn't want another kid, right? This was new to me. Um, we had talked about having kids, but it just wasn't in the space of which we had it. We were dating for six months when I got pregnant. It was very early mm-hmm. on. Um, and I remember having the conversation with my friend and saying, okay, I'm going to do this by myself, right? Mm-hmm. So for the next nine months, I- I was in the mindset of I was doing this by myself. And um, so having that mindset of, okay, I'm just going to do this. I think it, it worked, it fared better for me because it it made me not reliant on whatever he was doing. Um, but it was definitely devastating. I don't want, I don't want to act like it wasn't something that I, I felt deeply and emotionally. Right. But it was, I think I went into my brain and my mind and my heart and my spirit went into survival mode. It was almost as if everything else cut off and it was it was that I had to survive because I had someone else to take care of now. Sure. So the decisions that I made were based off of surviving and making my environment best for what was coming into the world. Yeah, in, in a way, don't you don't you feel like that that initial detachment that you experienced um, in a way it was kind of a blessing because I think uh, in a lot of these situations, we, we, we hold on to the relationship first before we try to figure out exactly how we want to proceed with the co-parenting. Um, that detachment kind of started, from my perspective, like the initial like closure process. Like you, in your mind, you had created a situation like, okay, I think I know what I want to do and how do I get there, right? Absolutely. That's exactly how it went. But I don't know that that's, I, I don't know that that's best for everyone, right? Exactly. So some yeah. people are a bit more, um, on the emotional driven side than I am, emotionally driven side than I am. And so that's what worked best for me right. in that space. Um, I knew that I couldn't operate in the space of emotion. Right now it's business. I got a whole baby. You know what I mean? I, I work <laughs> I work in higher education. I'm not making a million dollars. Um, and so I had to transition and prepare my space for um, to be able to include her in my monthly budget, mm-hmm. um, to be able to include her in my day-to-day. I like to go out. I like to have a drink. I like to have fun with my friends, you know, right? But the I had to, to shed that skin of FOMO. I, I was not missing out because I was with my daughter, right? I was experiencing something different in my life. So it was a lot of transitioning, but I don't know what works well for everyone in that space. I just know that, yes, it absolutely helped me to kind of immediately focus on something else mm-hmm. instead of him. So my question would be, I just heard you say you're not emotionally driven, right? Mm-hmm. How is it? That's like a, first of all, you don't hear that from ladies much. You know, I'm going to be honest. Second of all, second of all, how has it been a mother knowing that this little being is going to need that emotion from you? And B, being in a world where it's hard maneuvering as a woman that doesn't really 
move emotionally like how is that navigating not only through the parenting world but you know from you to your daughter from you to him because you know emotions are complex sometimes we we feel so many things how is it maneuvering through that and where does that stem from where you just emotions is just not your thing so to speak that was honestly the hardest part right so I got him out the way like okay we, we, I figured that out but when she came into this world my daughter's probably the most affectionate person I've ever met in my life oh wow um hugs kisses she wants to sit right next to you she wants to be in your face she likes to rub noses that's how affectionate she is right and so it it was me as a mother being like okay I have to I had to reset my mind to turn back on that affection that had been turned off for 30 plus years and so I come from a household I remember the first time my mother told me she loved me and it was the day she dropped me off for college right so it wasn't, affection wasn't huge in my life mm-hmm. and having to transition and to think about what she needed. I'm still working on that, honestly, um, because there's some, there are moments where I like to go inward um, and I can't because she needs that piece. Um, but I think it will continue to be an everyday battle. I don't think it's something that just, turns off for you because you have a kid so so is that one of your main general not to say general cynical behaviors that you want to break between mother and daughter absolutely I had a conversation with my mom about it um because she was going through some things right when uh when she had us and she wasn't able to fully be emotionally there and so we had the conversation of how she felt on her end because it helped me as a new, as a new mother and not being that emotionally driven. It helped me, um, I don't want to say see her faults, but it exposed how I could better parent my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so we had to have that heart-to-heart conversation about how I felt growing up and then how to pivot from there to make sure that my daughter didn't experience it in her childhood. For sure. Sure. When it comes to your, your co-parenting framework, do you also leave the emotions out of it when it comes to working in that, you know, that paradigm? Or is it something that you, you know, you take bits and pieces of emotion or is it just strictly business? I think it's pretty much business now. And I think that I also got blessed in the fact that we were only dating six months when I got, got pregnant, right? So there, it wasn't a huge drove of emotions already invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I was in a space where I might have grown to love him absolutely right but six months in you don't you don't really I don't know that you could say you love someone but I don't know if you really know what love is for that person in that moment Mm -hmm. so I think it was easier for me to transition into the business space of it because I didn't have that and then once I got pregnant and we broke up he was dating his wife like two or three months later right so there was no going back so then my mind never had the time to transition back to the what if um and so I just continued in the space that I was, and it helped me grow and navigate and move through that in a much faster pace than I think I would have otherwise. So let's assume that his now wife uh, is not as, well, is not emotionally, is, is more emotionally than you are. She what is. was that dynamic like dealing with another woman that isn't like you, that d- may not do, you know, this is cut and dry business and not on a messy side, just from an aspect like, most women don't operate in that space. You feel me? Like most women don't think like, okay, this turned into business. And I, I got a follow-up question, but I want to ask, how was it dealing with a situation that could be very emotional, not between you and him, but between you and couple now? So how was it between you and her building that dynamic? It was easy. Um, I passed off to her. She is an amazing, yes, she's Good. an amazing woman. She came into a very open, um, so she had known my daughter since birth, right? because they were dating before I gave birth Mm -hmm. so she came into it when we met and we had our heart to heart we had our conversation she came into it very open she was willing to receive um and I'm not gonna lie like you know I'll come into I'll give you what you give me right so I was prepared to go either way (laughs) but she (laughs) she came into it very open very loving um she's very affectionate um very willing to receive whatever was going to come from my end right and she also stood in the fact that she loved that man mm-hmm. so if she loved him how could she not love my daughter right and I am an extension of her in any space so mm-hmm. it was absolutely an amazing experience I don't know that it would have been as good as it was if he had married someone else 
right? You don't hear that. You don't hear that at all, ever, bro. That's, oh, that's no. up, yeah, you, 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 uh, you're definitely dispelling a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, miscon misconceptions. Holy issue. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. Are there any, I guess, misconceptions that you want to hone in on that you that you definitely say isn't a thing or yeah, doesn't need to be a thing? Yeah, I got about three, four more to go, Mike. Don't get it. I got some more to ask now. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah, let's go ahead and get to it. Okay. I would say it basically, I think the hardest part for me in the transition was when we were, um, when we were in the thralls of child support, right? Because that's when like, ah, you, have, you have to court in on your business a little bit right. right and so i think that that was the hardest part for me because i'm not someone who tells a lot of my business sure. um and so letting them in and being vulnerable in that space was it was it was devastating in the moment right mm -hmm. but four years later three years later i i look back on that and i'm like girl you could have let that go like, especially in the state that I'm in, in the state of Tennessee, it's it's like a worksheet. It's pretty much a rubric that they just do check marks on, right? You weren't together, okay. Um, you're in you're in a juvenile court, okay. So this is what it looks like. We just want to know your wages, how much you make, and if you were ever married. And basically, regardless of the circumstances, unless you have an unfit parent, it pretty much falls the same way. So I could have skipped all of that, right? <laughs> Filled out the worksheet, turned it in went to court, said thank you, and, and left it at that. I think that I put too much into that piece of it. And I, right. if, if that was one thing that I could say, like, don't sweat the small stuff. The most important thing in your life right now is your child. And everything else will fall into place. So uh, it's a business decision, not emotionally driven. I get it. When the, and I heard you say earlier, like, if you can't call him, you'll call her. How did y'all build that? that? How did y'all just build... It's not about like the emotions and the negativity or anything like that, because that didn't happen. But how did y'all get to the point where like she could be a point of contact comfortably where you could talk to her if you needed to? How did y'all build that? I think that happened with conversation. Like when we met, we really I think we, we sat in the Starbucks for like three hours. Right. Yeah. We we hashed it out. Um, you know, it was it, I didn't come in it like, oh, you stole it. I didn't feel like she stole anything. Mm -hmm. She didn't feel like I was interfering with anything. Mm -hmm. It was just having a conversation about how to move our family forward, right? He already has a son who's not mine. And so making sure that my daughter was in uh, her brother's life, making sure that, you know, she was able to see her father was my driving force. For sure. And her being so open and honest and willing to have a conversation about everything, sure. I think it made it a lot better. And then we exchanged numbers. And then from there, like, absolutely. I'll text her, hey, this is coming up. My daughter does dance. Um, I'm buying tickets for the recital. How many tickets do you all want? Or something's happening at school are you all you all want to come i have a couple of extra spots or whatever in this COVID world you only have so many spots right exactly. so it's like there's a couple extra spots for something going on at school um do you do you both want to come or is he just coming those kind of things um it was able and then he went out of town one time and she was the only point of contact right yeah. so and she had my daughter so I, at some point you got to get over that right yeah. <laughs> like you gotta you gotta it's for the best of what you can do for your child and she had my daughter in that space and it was his parenting time and that's what we had written out that's what i was going to do and i also don't have the space or time to let something like that affect the greatness that my child could be Ooh, and so i would rather as an adult swallow whatever i think i might have going on mm -hmm. for the for her to be able to persevere and i think that's where we all kind of stand in this Oh, damn. So my bad. Go ahead, Mike. My fault. No, I'm just going to say everything you're standing on is what everybody, uh, a lot of people say that they're standing on, but the, the fruit isn't, uh, you know, ripening the way yours has. Um, that I, I definitely want to applaud you for that. Um, go ahead, oh. Keenan. Yeah. How, how much did your, uh, let me ask this question first before I get into that. Um, you know, because you obviously said like there was no attachment, you were, you didn't feel like she stole him. Or you were in, and she didn't feel like you were intruding on on him. Uh, what did had did you ever feel those moments of like because she was in your child's life since birth, from a mother standpoint of feeling threatened of like that mommy thing that most women like I don't want my baby to think uh, she's the mom and all that stuff. How because she was in her life since birth, it wasn't a situation where she came in late and she was like, oh no, this is mom. Who is this now? It's like since birth, she's 
she's known both of you all. How was that with you dealing with that on both ends, knowing that she had two women that loved her from the beginning? I think it was straight. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'll be honest, I think it was straight because the, the things that I knew that I was lacking in in the moment, like the affection that I was working on, mm -hmm. that was natural to her. And so um, it allowed me to grow in the spaces that I needed to grow on in personally because she was there to stand in the gap. I don't think that she takes anything. It's my, my daughter does not call her mother. Um, she don't call her mommy, mama, none of that, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she took any of that from me. I think that she was there to stand in the gap for things that I could not physically or emotionally handle at the time. And so I'm grateful for her. I don't think we ever had, I, I'm only speaking for myself. I never had that moment. And I, I would dare to speak for her and say that I don't know that she did either. And, and let me just clarify something. I'm not continuously asking those questions to make it seem like something can. I just think it's important that people hear every aspect of that because everything I ask, I've seen go wrong personally. Like <laughs> it's not about the child, it's about the relationship. Now it's not about the relationship, it's about the parent. I'm the mommy. You know? So like every question I have is just because a lot of people don't even make it to that. Like they right. put that scenario in their brain before it even happened. And now yeah. everything got to get canceled out because I can't allow this to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We as yeah. people, we, I think that's the point. Like we, we as people, we put that scenario in our head in advance. Like yeah. you haven't even, you haven't lived that, that piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. My daughter couldn't even speak at the time that she met her. Mm -hmm. So for me to be worried about her calling her mommy, that's in the back of my brain. We'll get there when we, I, we have to piecemeal it. Right. Especially with children, you have to piecemeal it because they change every single day. Facts. So we get there when we get there. Facts. And I believe that they both would have reinforced the fact that she's not her mother if that were the case. It just so happened to not be the case. For sure. And uh, damn, you said something that made me have another question and I cannot remember. You okay. said, you said, uh, you were talking about the motherhood. You were talking about, oh, when you say not affectionate, can you kind of dig into what that looks like between, when you just say you're affect, you lack in affection, you're working on it. What does that look like in, I guess, holistically in the relationship and mother to parent sometimes? Excuse me, mother to daughter. Yeah, so I am, uh, I guess it would be that I don't, I don't have the, most people when they're affectionate, they have the social cue to know that affection fits here, right? There's a there's a, a, a line and there's like a little divot and your affection fits right there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't have that. So um, I'm very comfortable in a space where I can be by myself and I don't have to touch or feel or be in the space with someone else. Mm -hmm. But it is something that I desire, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to navigate through, okay, you desire to, for someone to eventually be safe enough and to feel safe enough to be touched by someone. Mm -hmm. So then you have to work through whatever that is. Um, for me, it's just that my, I can give my daughter a hug, but she wants 10. Right. Uh, I can give my daughter a kiss and we can rub noses, but she wants it all day, right? So it was having the compromise or meeting in the middle right? I'm also actively trying to teach my daughter boundaries, right? So she's not going to grow up and be able to give someone 10 hugs or sit under them or rub noses all day. Right, right. And yeah. so there has to be some space where she understands that it's okay for someone to not want to hug her all the time. Sure. And I think that she's getting older and understanding that more and we're working through that space a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But um, it was definitely a, a more of a compromise on my end because I want to be that nurturing parent. It was just not, it wasn't something that I was raised with. And so it was like learning it for myself. You got to start when you, when you learn, you got to start at preschool, right? And then you, yeah. you move up, right? Yeah. And that's essentially what I feel like I'm trying to do. Start in preschool. I can hug her a couple of times, uh, give her kisses, let her know how much she is loved and how much she is safe and um, nurture her in that sense. And then move up from there when I feel more comfortable. And then know that sometimes I have to push past that limit that I have set for myself because it's a limit that I set for myself for, sure. for the benefit of her. For sure. Oh, oh, oh. Mike, I'm firing off, bro. My bad, bro. No, 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 no. Hey, this is an ISO. Uh, I, hey, bro, I am firing. <laughs> oh, bro, my fault. So what is, if you had to say in your experience, two questions. The first one would be, how will you feel like your, I, I don't want to say lack of emotion in the 
mean way i'm just saying that because you said it so don't i'm not saying well, it. i stand in it right okay I, all right so I, how, how does that affect your communication and my second question would be when it comes to co-parenting what are some of the non-negotiables that had to be agreed upon between you know both sides of the family what were some of the absolutes like we got to move like this when it comes to this or like communicating about an issue what were some of the non-negotiables that really work well for y'all okay so the first question about affection how does that affect your communication the the lack of emotion how does that like being compassionate somebody's going through something you like yeah you know i'm with you i'm here but how does that affect that communication both ends really so i think it it mostly affected me at work so i'm a director at my job and i um i'm very straightforward they call me in when they don't want to tell somebody something right so they're like oh call aj she'll tell them and i will Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so it was I think that's where it, I, I want to be an effective leader my ultimate goal in life is to be the president of an HBCU oh, and with dope. that space I have to I have to listen mm-hmm. I have to take in what people are saying and I have to make an effective decision based off of what I deem appropriate in that moment and yeah. so that's something that I have to learn um it absolutely affects me because I am one who said did it kill you Oh. If, it, if it didn't kill you, you keep it moving. Oh, right? factual, factual. I feel you on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you have when you have people that report to you and everybody lives in a different space, as a leader, you have to know who your people are and um, how they operate. And so I think it was just really just trying to, I think all of mine is a means to an end, right? I'm learning all of this affection because my daughter needs it. I'm learning all of this affection because my end all be all means that I have to to learn and be compassionate towards my employees. I'm learning this affection because my ultimate goal supersedes whatever I'm feeling personally. Yeah, sure. um, and that's basically where I'm, I'm moving forward. As far as relationships are concerned, um, I'm very open with that in the beginning. As, I mean, I'm telling y'all, it's first day, right? You know, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm very open with that in the beginning. Um, and it hasn't always gone well. Um, but there are some people who understand and can navigate through the space um, a little better than others. And I just lean on honesty. So if I'm not feeling it in that moment, I can tell you that I'm not feeling it. And I can also logically tell you why I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I think that's uh, very important to explain why it's, it's my lack of emotion comes from somewhere. And right. so I need to be able to articulate that for us to move forward in a relationship space. Was that pre-therapy knowing that? Or was that post-therapy being able to articulate that? Post-therapy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in therapy, they tell you you have primary and secondary emotions, right? I lived mainly in secondary emotions. And so figuring out the primary emotion or the source of which that secondary emotion was arising from was most important for me. Damn, that's what's up. How often do you go if your mommy asking if you still do? Oh, I still go. Um, I am now on every two weeks, twice a month. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, you say, had one more question. You me, me, bro. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. What were the non-negotiables between families when it comes to co-parent? Like, what are some of the things that you know you've been typically? Let me speak for myself. I, I was raised by my mother. My mother set the rules for whatever was going to happen, and it was really non-negotiables for her end. But since y'all are in a good co-parenting situation, what were some of the non-negotiables that have worked really well for y'all? And just, or maybe y'all didn't have that conversation. It was just smooth from the beginning, what was that like setting up those boundaries and non-negotiables that work for y'all? I think that, um, so I would, I would, I'm going to give him a, I'm going to give him his roses on this one. I think that he, because he had showing done it. Out, you showing out, go ahead now. That's what's up. <laughs> Get the roses now. It's still recording, right? You feel me? Uh, I know, right? Uh, hopefully you never know. I'm just kidding. Um, because, he, because he had done it before, I think that he was better, uh, he better understood how to navigate through that, right? So he, we make every decision for her education together. We make every decision for her health together. We have conversations. Our houses are pretty unified. Um, we live in separate spaces, but our houses are pretty unified on what is allowable and what's not allowable so that she cannot divide and conquer. That's our main concern because my daughter is extremely smart, let me tell you. And so she um, she picks up on certain things that if, and if she's allowed to divide and conquer, she absolutely will. Um, and so it's very important that we, uh, we communicate those things. Um, so because she's so smart, she... Um, 
she'll have tiffs at school because she's kind of bored sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so us getting together, we have those conversations about um, how we want to move forward with her education and what we need to do to transition her into um, a more interactive space. We talk about it. We do not beat around the bush. We head on immediately. Um, even when we, we transitioned her from a car seat to a booster seat, we talked about it, right? Because I didn't want my car to be a car seat and his car to be a booster seat. And she had that. When we transitioned her out of her crib to a, a, a bed, we talked about it. Um, those are things that we talked about. Even when we had um, issues. So her um, his wife is a kindergarten teacher. When we were talking about education, we include her because she she he's in finance. I'm in higher education, but I'm I'm in on the administrative side. She is the the person who knows what's actually going on in, in the space of my daughter. Sure. We talk about it. Um, I don't eat beef or pork. I haven't for 20 years. And so um, when we, I know, right? I, yeah, no steak, no ribs, no nothing. Oh, yeah. and you know what's so crazy? Bacon ate them. Y'all are gonna judge me, right? But the only thing I miss about beef and pork is White Castles. What? <laughs> Yes, the only thing I miss, right? Oh God, yeah. Well, you, if that's the case, you you could you don't have to eat it again ever. Exactly. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So when we first transitioned her to um to solid foods, that was his thing. He he made sure that no one fed her beef or pork. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I think we lost you. Hey, she is allowed to eat beef and pork. The last thing we heard when y'all transitioned. Yeah, when y'all transitioned her to solid foods, she he never he didn't allow anybody to let her eat beef and pork. Right, but my thing was, um, I the un the un the thought that the unlogical thought, the illogical thought that I had was, um, I don't want her to be the weird kid at the cookout. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, let her eat the beef and pork. She can decide it for herself when she's old enough to get the chicken option. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we and we had to have a conversation about that. He's very respectful about what he knew about me and how I would want to parent a child. That's also a conversation that we had before I even got pregnant. So he kind of knew most of it. And uh, we moved in that space, basically. Were you all friends first? I know y'all dated for six months. Were y'all friends first? Y'all had that been? Yes, a little bit. Because um, it not- seems so like no <laughs> static app, which I'm not saying it should be, but like, you know, when you know somebody's like, intent in their essence before you date them it's easier to like let the relationship go because you know how they are as a person versus when you meet somebody only date them you tend to not know how they are like the essence of that person is why i asked that so i think it was because he knew who i was as a person uh yes because i'm very upfront about everything and i knew who he was you don't play about that i I do not um (laughs) And I knew who he was as a dad, mm-hmm. right? So at the end of the day, I have seen him parent his son and his son is doing so well, right? Mm-hmm. So if nothing else, that man can parent. That man can be a daddy. For sure. um, and because she's his only daughter, I think it takes it to a whole nother level. I'm a daddy's girl. And exactly. so I think it takes it to a whole nother level of parenting when it's a father-daughter experience. And so... I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take that from him. He absolutely is a good parent and it helped me not have to worry as much. Now that's not to say we didn't go through some things. Let me tell y'all, we went through some things. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. But we, I think around about two years old, maybe not even, I think maybe like a year and a half, we really started to transition into a better space. So what are some of the challenges you, I guess you still face? Now? Points, yeah, any pain points still? Anything uh, I think, through? Yeah, like not being able to see my daughter every day, definitely. Um, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, it's a blessing because I'm in school. So there are days where she's not around so I can get some work done. Sure. Um, but I do miss her. Um, or certain things like uh, we have to, we split her birthday, right? And so um, certain years I don't have her for her birthday. And that's definitely something that I've had to like, push past or Christmas some years I don't have her for Christmas or things like that I think that's probably the hardest part um when we disagree we um we are both very direct people and uh pushing that step away button is very important for us um and I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've had to learn is to step away and come back because there are going to be and have been disagreements 
But as long as we hold out for a little bit and come back to it, we're in a much better space. So what's your thoughts on, if there is a thought on, uh, you finding it? Huh? I said, there's always a thought on something. (laughs) Oh, you you finding a new partner, integrating them. Would you want more kids? How would you see that working out in your current situation? Are you like, I have my daughter. I got this co-parent joint popping. I'm straight. I know what I'm, I know what I'm trying to do career wise. I'm good. What's that thought when you, when you, when you have those thoughts? I am open to love, right? Um, I am extremely open to love. I am a little hesitant about someone meeting my daughter early on. Mm -hmm. I definitely um, hold that off for a while. Um, but no, I don't think that it, uh, I would do it again. Now about kids, listen, I'm, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm getting older, right? So I just turned 34. So yeah. I would say if I was going to have, if I was going to do the kids situation again, it, it, time is ticking. It's got to happen soon. Um, but I'm also not rushing the timeline of love. So if love happens and I'm out of my, my comfortable window to have a child, then that's just not going to be, but I also in joking, um, I said that I'm a second wife, right? So my husband is somewhere making kids and uh, you know, <laughs> doing whatever he's doing right now. You yeah. never heard of that one before. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Hey, you know what you want, bro. I, I can respect that. Yeah. I feel so, that. I know, feel that. that. And then I could be I could be the great co-parent, you know, on the other end too. So it is so, however it comes. How important is it that he he and his wife is accepting of your new partner? Not at all. Um, it's not important. <laughs> oh, 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 talk about, talk about yeah, now, yeah. now, oh, yeah. So that don't play a factor at all. Uh, uh-uh. no, but I didn't play. I wouldn't have played a factor. I wouldn't have played a factor in 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 them getting together either. So, so, so now, now I got. I just got to ask the question. I'm just asking the question. Come on, come on with it. So she played a major factor. Yeah, you know I'm saying like she, like I can't ignore the fact that she ended up being perfect. You accepted her, woo woo. <laughs> but that is the reason why it didn't need to play a factor, though. Like if she, if you did not care for her, do you not think would this still be as perfect as the situation it is? And I thank God that there are situations like this. I really do. But if you did not care for her and you could not see her being someone that's an integral part of your daughter's life. Would mm-hmm. that not play a factor in the overall co-parenting plan? So would it, it probably, be a, say again? It probably it probably would, but I'm gonna tell you one thing about him: he would not have gave a damn, right? Oh, so, got you. Yeah, yeah. Got you, got you. On the other end of it, I one thing about him and I: we are very similar in most facets. I'm I don't give a damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I know that I'm choosing the right person for me, and I know that. Um, I have trust in the fact that I can choose the right person for my situation and my daughter as well, right? Um, But if I make a mistake, I'll own up to it. But other than that, no, I I got it. What what are some of the biggest things you see other co-parental relationships fail at? Like things people, you typically see people do that is just a super red flag when it comes to co-parenting. They operate out solely out of emotion. You really hate emotion. Like, you really like. No, I know. No, but it really, it really does color things. Y'all got an LLC on the co parenting? <laughs> <laughs> you LLC, it's straight business. Yeah. It ain't no yeah. like. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Emotionalist it really business. Does, it really does color your, you know, your decision making sometimes. And I think that, like, uh, I don't want to say don't, you can have emotion. I have emotion in, in the situation a lot. Um, but you have to be able to logically navigate through your emotion to make the correct decision. And if you're being irrational, it does not help anyone involved. Gotcha. Um, but I would also say being open, right? Mm-hmm. So being open to receiving whatever, cause you know, you, you sometimes get in that, in that, uh, that wheel of oh, here they come. I already know they're gonna be on some bull. I don't want to hear it, da, 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 da. but they could really be legit coming to you with something that is of concern, right? So being open every time that person approaches you could help. So when you say be open, do you yield to perspective or intelligence? Hmm. Good question. That is a good question. I would have to say it's situational, right? So like- That was a good um, cop out. That was a good cop out to the question. <laughs> 
That was a good cop out to the question. <laughs> yeah, situational means it depends. It's yeah, exactly. Like, it's an intelligent way to say it depends. Yeah, right. There was no C in that multiple choice, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I do think though it is like it, it depends on what's happening. Like, cause your your perspective honestly can can color some things, but sometimes you you lean too far on your intelligence that you don't want to learn anything else. So you mm. kind of have to sit in the middle of the road a little bit. How do you do with that? I am bullheaded, right? So I, I'm one that can lean on intelligence pretty often. <laughs> um, but I I also try my hardest to live in the space of perspective. So um, in therapy, they teach you, you know, you put everything in a backpack, right? And you take uh, what you can out of the backpack when you can. So like you got all these things going on, right? You throw them all in the backpack, right? You take the little things out piece by piece, you get those things done. And then the things that are left in the backpack, you look at it from perspective. Like, can I change this? Is this changeable? Is it not changeable? And if it's not changeable, why? And then you go from there, you lean on that. Like, if I can't change it, can I navigate around it? Can I navigate through it? Um, can I do something else? And then you move from there. So that's why I'm situated in the middle of the road, right? Because it just depends. It depends. You know? No, I mean, I respect it. I respect it. You know, I. You don't sound I, like you agree, Kenan. Huh? You sound like you know, you can I, let, Let's switch this around. So, can you answer that question for me? Uh, situational. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just joking. Uh, I think, I think. Um, so I do, I do yield to intelligence a little bit more than perspective. And the reason why I say that personally, because I think intelligence plays on your perspective, like the lens in which you see your intelligence controls the lens in which you see things. You feel me? So I think there's a way that if I'm rapping with you about something, I can understand a perspective that will not make me change my mind. But if you hit me with some type of intelligence that challenges my perspective, I'm gonna go further for that. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times perspective is overvalued in the sense that like everybody got a perspective. They like opinions out there, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you gotta see it from the other. I do got to, but I don't gotta agree or yield to it. But if you come in somebody that has the wisdom, they've been through it, They've done their research. They've healed from it, whatever. They, so for instance, right? If if I was to, uh, you go to therapy, I've been in therapy. I'm not currently in it, but like you consistently kept it going, right? If you were to give me advice uh, and, and I take things of like what you do in your career, uh, uh, education, your experiences, your upbringing. So if I put all those into an intelligence bag, right? And then you gave me your perspective on something and then person B, just gives me perspective and I can't see why I need to respect that. I'm not yielding to that perspective at all. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? It does. What about you, Mike? God damn. I thought y'all were going to No, I'm going to, uh, to summarize it situationally. Um, Cause the way I view perspective, right. Um, there's a certain level of biasness that comes with perspective. For sure. So biasness, background, you know, influences or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, this is my bias kicking in, right? Um, I view intelligence as uh, lacking bias. And that's just me. So that's my flaw in the equation. Mm -hmm. So I, I lean on the intelligence too, um, because we're all influenced by some things in the, like you said, in the perspectives, man. They, they can be a hundred percent like the result of the perspective. Where could be? Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Based Mike. on. Hold on, Mike. That you know, intelligence follows sometimes. Hey, Mike. We we the last thing we heard was a hundred percent of the perspective, and then you cut out. I said the perspective can can render a hundred percent correct results, mm -hmm. but it couldn't follow. It it might not have a methodology that can be tracked or whatever, right? Because of the biases, whatever. But the intelligence, there is like a certain method, scientific method to come up with the result to me, right? That's why I would lean that way. Yeah, be dead wrong sometimes too, but whatever. Yeah, and, and, and AJ, if I'm kidding, man, I know this day one. Mike noticed about me. I just, I just like, I challenge social norms. And I think I pride myself on, like, you know, I got a master's and all that great stuff. That's cool. I understand the book, smart stuff, you know, woo woo woo. But I think I pride myself on more of the, like, the simplistic, movements of the human brain that we kind of neglect on the day-to-day -day. 
that equate to the complex things that we end up doing. So it's like, if you can kind of take this Lego puzzle and tell me why there's 400 yellow blocks here, there's only four <laughs> of these red blocks here, and we can do that. I think that has more of the answers than it does if you look at it from a standpoint like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? Like, I like dissecting that part of it. And to your parenting situation, what I heard, and I know you will correct me, is like, you're able to yield. I heard you say earlier, he was a great father. One thing that man can do is parent. You had to feel, a woman with your intelligence had to feel like this man knows what he's doing in this arena. So forget Mm -hmm. perspective. His intelligence in the parenting realm makes you feel comfortable with his decision-making with your child. Absolutely. So it sounds like one, I'm just going to you know, touch on this and then we can move on. It sounds like y'all live in as much logical space as I do, but we, we that's for another time, right? But <laughs> um, honestly, it is, right? So that, that's why women, that's why we're attracted to someone because we, we wonder if they can provide for what is to come, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we started dating, I was childless and I knew I wanted a child at some point. It happened outside of the the timeline that I had in my mind, but I knew I wanted a child at some point. So part of me had to know that he could parent my child if I was going to lay with him. Right, right, right. So are you admitting that you were playing with fire because you knew he was a great dad? No. Okay. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. No, no, no. no. There are plenty of great dads out there, right? Yeah, true, true, true. (laughs) I could have found another one. Um, (laughs) That's a bet. That's a bet. Oh, I, I, Mike, I thought you were about to say something. So my, so before we close out, I guess I would ask, what are some of the, how can I say this, boy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Knowing what you know now, yeah, it's great, worked out, perfect co-parenting thing, everything's going well. Knowing what you know now, what are your thoughts on parents being in the same household in order for it to make it work? Do you still see challenges and questions that your daughter may have, no matter how healthy healthy the dynamic is, when mom and dad not being in the same actual space operating? Um, Does that question make sense or do I need it? So you're saying, how do I feel about people? What is your opinion on, even as, do you have an opinion on as healthy as the situation is? And I think it's a great situation for two parents that's doing what the hell they supposed to be doing. What is your perspective on everybody feeling like two parents got to be in the house in order for their child to come out balanced, in order for them to see the world through this certain lens? What's your thoughts on that, knowing that that's not your case and it's healthy and working for you? So I think that um, there are things that she gains from being over his house in a, in a technically two-parent household, right? Mm-hmm. That she does not receive from me. But I also think that there are things that she, I think that that doesn't take away from her being well-rounded in the things that she learns from me. Um, I personally, and I is personal, but I could not do the um, living in a space with someone for the sake of the child. Mm. I think that it would be more of a detriment to my child to be in that space Mm. than to eventually get to the space that I'm in currently. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's what it is. If you are doing, if if you are hindering your child more to be in the same house, then you're not doing what's best for your child. Hold on, hey, Mike, I'm sorry. I just want to I just want to trademark this phrase real quick. That's that's literally called married co-parents. And that's what the previous generation did a lot of. Just stayed married, just to say, you know, we're here for the kids and, and, and whatnot. And it did a lot more damage than it did uh help. Yeah, married Absolutely. co-parents. So, so my bad. This one of the questions I was on the book, but you say things that make me think, and I'm thinking in real time. So being that, you know, um, you were saying that, you know, being in the house with somebody, uh, you know, you wouldn't stay there just to be with a parent now, say like a hyper situation. Being that emotion is low on your priority list, what does happiness feel like to you in that, in that instance? Being that most people relate happiness to emotion, but being that, you know, you're learning about that and it's, you have it, but like, what things bring you happiness that most people, you know, what, what does happiness look like you being at emotions aren't that high on your list? So they exist though, right? So it's not yep. high on my list, but the emotion does exist. So I experience happiness and mm-hmm. um, I can be elated. I can have the feeling of um, 
excitement. I can have the feeling of uh, anything, the secondary emotion that's, that's, that's uh, honed around happiness, right? I do feel all of those. Um, I think that uh, what happiness looks for me is the success of others. I, I think that's also why I'm in higher education, right? Started out with a psych degree and then you end up in higher education. It's the happiness of others, right? You want to see others succeed in their space and realizing the peace that's in my space um, and the serenity that I have cultivated over these past couple of years is what makes me happy. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Mike. No, I'm just saying that's dope. That's real dope. So last question. Okay. The elevation, the, the, the evolution of AJ, the person, the woman, to the mother. What evolution have you seen of yourself since you've had your daughter in this healthy co-parenting relationship? What evolution have you seen of yourself? I think that I've grown up a lot. Um, I think that I, um, I definitely give a damn more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it, it absolutely made me more responsible. Um, she has taught me affection at a more rapid pace than I would ever imagine. Um, and it has taught me that emotions are okay. Um, that they are, there is a space for them um, and that they can be helpful sometimes. Um, I definitely think I've grown up, but I, you know, I'm aging at the same time. She yeah. caught me at a very pivotal moment in my life and dope. it helped a lot. Dope, dope, dope. So AJ, thank you so much for coming on, giving game about the co-parent, giving yeah. game about the whole nine yards. Yo, Cause <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought when she was like, yeah, I think I nailed it. I was like, mm, I'm gonna dig through this. <laughs> and then when you started like, yeah, I was like, oh, dang, no, nah, she really did nail this joint for real. Yeah. So, AJ, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experiences, giving game, keeping it authentic. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. No problem, no problem at all. For I sure, had a good man. Time. It's Millennials versus the World. It's your boy, K. Mims. G. May So. Yeah. Pause by MWE, we ain't talking about